Welcome to the Michigan Opportunity, an economic development podcast featuring candid conversations with business leaders across Michigan. You'll hear firsthand accounts from Michigan business leaders and innovators about how the state is driving job growth and business investment, supporting a thriving entrepreneurial ecosystem, building vibrant communities, and helping to attract and retain one of the most diverse and significant workforces in the nation. Hello, I'm Ed Clementi, the host, and I'd like to welcome a friend, but I should also mention his name's very well known in the Detroit area in Southeast Michigan, Claude Molinari. Claude's the uh, president and CEO of the Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau, also known as doing business as Visit Detroit. Welcome to the show, Claude. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, well, you know, and we did get a chance to talk a little bit at Mackinac this year, and I know that that's a busy place for you, but I, I think I think this will tie into a little bit. You said you've been using the DBA Visit Detroit now a couple of years now, right? That's correct, for two years. And, and was that more probably, I, I would guess it's a marketing thing too. It's just easier to say than the other name. No doubt. The Detroit Metro Convention and Visitors Bureau name is a mouthful. And Visit Detroit is two things. Number one, it says who we are. And number two, it says what we do. So it's pretty all-encompassing. So what, you know, what do you say are sort of like, if you, you know, even though we know the business, but what do you tell people, what do you think your main sort of mission is or vision for the organization? Well, our mission and, and, and full vision is to bring tourism from around the world to Southeast Michigan. You know, our, our, we want to uh, bring people here to employ uh, Southeast Michiganders from Oakland, Wayne and Macomb County and the city of Detroit. And that's really uh, it in a nutshell. We want to fill hotel rooms, our attractions, our event spaces, drive economic impact for the region. Yeah, and I was good friends with your predecessor, Larry Alexander and Michael Callahan, two good guys I'm sure you worked with a lot. Great men. Yeah, and um, but prior to this, you were at the, was it TFC? It was Cobo when you started, right? That's right, and then TCF okay. Center and now Huntington Place. And so... You were the manager and were you always in this industry or have you worked for like hotels or where'd you come from originally? Yeah. So uh, after university, I went right into the uh, entertainment facility management business. So I transferred from five different cities and I worked at arenas, stadiums and convention centers. And uh, Detroit was my fifth and last stop. And I loved it here so much. I decided to uh, stay. What other cities were you in? That's kind of interesting. So I was in Hartford, New York, New Jersey, uh, Pittsburgh, and Detroit. Wow, you're quite a journeyman. Uh, did you um, did you do similar things though in each community? Pretty much, you know. Again, um, we always in my in my role working for the convention centers, especially, um, we worked hand in hand with the convention bureau because um, in both circumstances, you know, when I worked at the convention center, I used to say that the only local people I want to see at the building are people that are working there, that are getting a check for being there. We want out-of-town tourists to come in and fill our restaurants, our hotel rooms, and our, our convention facilities, because that's what drives economic impact for the region. 
Yeah, let's talk too a little bit about hotels because I know, like I said, I used to work a lot with Larry and Alexander, and hotels are pretty critical to this whole equation of everything you're doing. And obviously, they're very important financially, obviously, for the region as well. Oh, no doubt. But really, if we have an Achilles heel, uh, as a destination, it is our lack of hotel rooms downtown. We have uh, nearly 46,000 hotel rooms in Southeast Michigan, Oakland, Wayne, and Macomb County. So we're in very solid shape there. But in the downtown core where we're trying to attract major pieces of convention business, we are critically underserved. Having less than 6,000 hotel rooms downtown puts us at the bottom of our competitive set. And just to give you an idea, if we added 3,000 rooms today, that would still only put us in the middle of our competitive set. Places like Indianapolis and Nashville have triple the amount of hotel rooms downtown. And, and clients are just not interested in busing their customers uh, to suburban locations. They need to be able to walk to the convention center from the hotels. And so that's why every morning I wake up and every night I go to bed thinking about how I can entice developers to build more hotels in Detroit. Yeah, and I know you've been involved too with not only that, but sort of like a mass transit angle from the airport, even at times. Uh, I know that's a big challenge too compared to other regions. But I think compared to Europe, I mean, America is not the best about uh, like it's a lot easier because Europe's much like a more condensed region for tourism. Say versus America, we're much more spread out. Yes, well, uh, our regional transit is definitely a, a challenge for our, especially for our local. Um, uh, workers. Uh, again, I, I, I believe the, the stat statistic is that 50% of the available jobs in Southeast Michigan are not serviced by public transit. And that's very difficult. And when you're talking about workforce development and trying to get people to take jobs, well, if they can't get there unless they own a car, that really cuts out a whole demographic of people that otherwise would work. And And I would imagine Obviously, with uh, the center downtown, that it's a pretty big center, though. I mean, it's big, relatively like square footage, right? It's a it's the six, site. Yeah, it's the 16th largest convention center in North America. So that just gives you an idea that there's only 15 convention centers larger. And frankly, you know, a lot of times people forget the Suburban Collection Showplace in Novi. That's the 50th largest wow. exhibit space in the country. So when you look at, at what we have here as far as facilities, I know sometimes people will discount like, oh, the, oh, the, the, the facility in Novi is small. It's only small in comparison to one of the largest convention centers in the country. <laughs> it holds its own against, you know, it's one of the top 50 exhibit spaces and the number of events they do there and the quality of the show, you know, the largest show management company in the world, Informa, does three conventions in the suburban collection showplace just goes to show you how important that venue is also in putting people to work and filling up hotel rooms and attractions and restaurants. And, you know, why don't we just mention some of the uh, sort of uh, bigger things that have either transpired or usually happen every year. I know I'm a participant of quite a few of them, but uh, what do you see? Like if you start up maybe on a calendar year, even like, what do you, what are the things you guys are planning for every year to do? Uh, I know not too long ago, the Grand Prix was here, and I think you're going to talk about that one. But what other big things also come to this area all the time? Well, sure. Well, in February, we hosted the American Bus Association, which is a group tour operators who 
literally are, are filling motor coaches for trips all over the United States and Canada. And we hosted that event here. 4,000 group tour operators, they fell in love with the city. They had the greatest time. They're already talking about wanting to come back here. Um, just recently in the spring, we hosted Automate, which had 30,000 uh, automation, robotics, data, and AI exhibitors, 30,000 people in the city. You couldn't make a right on red or a left turn all week because the crowds everywhere were were uh, blocking up the streets, which is a great problem for us to have. And, and uh, it, yes. And I would imagine that also is good because of the sort of sector we're in a little bit, the mobility sector, and how that does play into why they kind of picked this area, I would guess, too, right? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. This show is in Chicago for 20 years and it has been in Detroit for the last two and it's done spectacularly here. The attendance has grown immensely. Uh, the, the exhibit space has grown. It, the show has taken off. And, and I do believe that that has um, a great deal to do with the fact that they brought it to Detroit. And frankly, that's a legitimizer of our destination. When I'm talking and our salespeople are talking to show managers and association managers from around the country and around the world, frankly, we tell them, hey, bring your show to Detroit because you know it will grow and it's going to do spectacularly well for you. Any other? I know movements, obviously, we bring in international delegations and they're so excited to go to the movement festival, too. Well, uh, we had a, a two week run of uh, the movement festival, which is just a sensational event, brings in over 100,000 people, huge economic impact. Um, we've really the convention center basically has the Memorial Day weekend off every year because we, with the, the way movement fills up every hotel room with international guests, we couldn't book anything else in the city. And, uh, and, and that's a great thing. And then the week after that was the Grand Prix, which did an incredible, incredible numbers. Um, we had uh, the Association of Iron and Steel Technologies, uh, which was also a massive event with over 10,000 attendees. And then right in the middle of all that, we had the Asian Pacific Economic Cooperative, which was held in Detroit. First time it was held in the United States in 30 years. And uh, we welcome ministers from 21 Pacific Ring at rim economies like Japan, South Korea, Canada, Australia. And uh, they came to uh, uh, Detroit. That's where they chose. That's where the president and the U.S. State Department decided would be a great place to host this meeting. Yeah, actually, I was involved with that with a smaller meeting, but with Global Ties Detroit, which you're familiar with. But we hosted something and we met the, the head people and it was they just were really surprised, which I think a lot of people that come from the East Coast or West Coast for the first time are usually surprised by not only just Detroit, but just Michigan in general. They're they've really never they hear about it, but it's not usually on their radar all the time. But I think you're making a lot of big radar hits now. Well, that, that is, uh, we are very much looking to uh, familiarize people with our destination. Um, we have a saying at, the, at Visit Detroit, we say, if we can get them here, we'll get them here. Um, so often we hear things like, I'm so shocked, I'm so surprised, I had no idea, I hadn't considered Detroit, or I hadn't considered Novi or Southfield or or Troy or, or uh, you know, there, there's so many things that are just really uh, changing the perception and the narrative. And we're being very diligent, uh, specifically hosting 
uh, association events where we bring in meeting planners. Last summer, we had Connect Partnership, which brought in 1,200 meeting planners from all over the world to have a convention here in Detroit, and they were exposed to the city. 90% of the people that were attendees had never been here before and had never hosted <laughs> an event here before. This summer, we're hosting CES, which is a scientific partnership of association managers. Again, 75 association executives who you may, are decision makers to decide where their association is going to hold their convention. Uh, 50% of them have never been to Detroit before. Next summer, we're going to host a PCMA, which is a professional conference meeting association, their summer Educon event or education convention. Again, introducing people to us, seeing our airport, seeing our roads, seeing our hotels, our attractions, our restaurants, our hotels, our convention centers, our arenas and stadiums they're always blown away and they're always like, I I'm so glad because I had no idea how amazing this place was. Well, you know, we get that quite a bit. Like I said, again, with the uh, global ties Detroit group is that people we usually we're not on the radar for international people because usually people want to go to New York or Orlando or LA or something or Vegas, you know, but then when they do come here, almost all of them become ambassadors of how much they enjoyed their experience. And we're sort of underplaying a couple of things, but one is the Detroit Riverfront being one of the more walkable river f- water. Is it waterfronts in the country now? I forgot so what one. In the last three years, the readers of USA Today newspaper have chosen the Detroit Riverfront as the number one river walk in the whole United States. I was just recently in San Antonio and they have a pretty decent river walk. And I was speaking to a group of German um, uh uh, press uh, people and tour operators. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm sure glad that we're enjoying San Antonio here at this convention and, <laughs> and the river walk, but you know, this is the, not even the first best river walk in the country. Detroit has the number one river walk in the country and they were all laughing and so it's true. There it is. And they had like a, you know, the pictures behind me of it. So we're definitely highlighting so many amazing things. And the best part about our riverfront, and I have to hand it to Mark Wallace and Matt Cullen of the Detroit Riverfront Conservancy and all the philanthropic people. It's the number one river walk in the country. And we have another half a billion dollars of development taking place right now. So it's, it's, it's already the best and it's going to get a lot better. You're listening to the Michigan Opportunity, featuring candid conversations with Michigan business leaders on what makes Michigan a leading state to live, work, and play. Listen to more episodes at michiganbusiness.org forward slash podcast. I'm going to switch gears on you a little sure. bit, but, um, Let's talk a little bit, too, about sports. Uh, first of all, I know the USFL, it's a new addition. We haven't had that here in a long time. And I'm sure they were they were playing, I believe, at Ford Field, right, this year? Correct. And and uh, we were hosting also, they, they've got a, a strange, um, not a strange, but an interesting collaboration of things where all the teams used to play out of Birmingham, and now they spread some of them out. And so in Detroit at Ford Field, we're hosting of course, our own Michigan Panthers. And for at least one year, we're hosting the Philadelphia Stars, too. So there's a lot of doubleheader games. But the USFL does incredible television numbers. And uh, we want to make it 
a great affordable uh, thing for Southeast Michiganders to come to and participate and enjoy uh, um, football because it seems these days in sports, there's two seasons. There's NFL football season and then there's NFL off season. Everything is revolves around that sport and it's very exciting. So having the USFL, I thought they did a great job this season and, uh, and we're looking forward to several more years of this uh, growing uh, league uh, becoming a, a staple in Southeast Michigan. So speaking of football, you know, let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft and what does that really mean? Because you know more about the numbers probably than anybody here in the city. So why don't you tell us what that means? Well, the NFL draft is, I think, uh, first and foremost, the fact that the National Football League chose Detroit, I think, speaks very highly of our destination as as a global marketplace for this league to put this together, I think was really great for uh, our city and our region and our state for sure. Um, the week of uh, April 25th, 27th, that's going to be an incredible, all eyes in the sports world will be focused on Detroit. And, uh, and the best part about it is a free event. So there will be, um, I, we anticipate somewhere in the neighborhood of half a million um, people from all over the country and Canada and really all over the world coming in, enjoying Detroit and, and really having a spectacular time. Half a million? Yes, easily half a million. Again, in Nashville, they did half a million people. Wow. One of the things we were just in Kansas City where they did almost 400,000 people, but there was not one NFL city that was in uh, a reasonable driving distance of the uh, Kansas City, um, you know, and we consider that to be four hours. We have Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, and Chicago, all less and than Toronto. four hours. And Toronto. But those are, those are all NFL cities, all within a four-hour oh, driving right, distance, right. and they can easily make it here. And, uh, and, and we anticipate that they're going to be coming big time because, you know, they'll be able to drive here, stay in our hotels. And we anticipate we're going to fill up every hotel room in, in the three counties plus Ohio, Canada, uh, you know, Washtenaw County, Genesee County. They'll be filling up hotel rooms in Ann Arbor for this event. And what is it, when is that going to be? That's in which months, roughly? So that's April 25th, 26th, and 27th of 2024. And well, of it's course, getting close. <laughs> and that, yes, it's, you know, we put a countdown clock up when we announced that we won the draft and it had 700 days on it. And I passed that clock at least once a day. It's in downtown Detroit at uh, the Esplanade in front of Campus Martius. And, and when it got to 365, I was like, oh boy. We better get ready. And now we're somewhere around 300 and something. So we're getting very close. Yeah. You know, and we're, we're, I know we don't have time to talk about everything, but like even concerts, I know this summer, like Taylor Swift was here, sold out a ton of season tickets and I mean, or not season tickets, but tons of people went to it. Huge crowds. I mean, I couldn't believe how many people I'm, She's not exactly who I go watch all the time, but she got huge turnouts for this concert, which I it was at Ford Field, I believe. She is an incredible cult of personality and to fill up an entire football stadium, two different nights, and then have the outside of the, P the stadium filled. There were a thousand people waiting on the, the day before the event for merchandise to open. 
thousand people <laughs> waited overnight. But, you know, Detroit is one of the music capitals of the world. Um, we we fill up Ford Field for Taylor Swift and pop music and the Rolling Stones and Ed Sheeran and Beyonce, but also Luke Combs and Morgan Wallen also selling multiple sold out full, you know, stadium events for at, at Ford Field. And then, you know, Adana and Pink and uh, I mean, and, and even Barry Manilow's at Little Caesars Arena. We have boxing. I mean, only London, England and New York City, New York have more theater seats than Detroit. And and we support that as a destination in an incredible way. That's a fascinating fact. I would I never really think about it. And, you know, and, you know, I grew up in an era where only Tiger Stadium and the Red Wings were downtown. But now with all four major sports playing in the area, too, that's a that's a big deal for uh, fans, too, because there's hot nights where someone's walking to the opera, walking to a Tiger game, you know, walking to a concert. You know, it's it's kind of like I got a good buzz to it when it's happening. Oh, the city is jamming. And and you think about like we there's no other city in North America, all the world that has four major sports teams all playing in downtown stadiums right next to each other. It's four teams within three blocks. But we also have the Fisher Theater, the Fox Theater, the Fillmore, the um, Masonic Temple, the Opera House, the Music Hall. I mean, it's incredible the amount of things and they're all happening and they're all filling up. And it's constantly uh, a downtown that's buzzing. And, um, you know, I, did, I should have mentioned this while you're talking about sports, but are you a, a, a like a referee? <laughs> yes, I am. a. Uh, I've been a part time. My side hustle since I was 13 years old was ice hockey referee. So I don't I don't get to do it as much as I used to. I'll be honest, this job uh, keeps me uh, very busy, but I do love to get out there every once in a while and and uh, and referee these games. That's great. I, I didn't know that. So you, you you skate a lot, I presume, then, if you keep in shape for those. Because you got to be in as good a shape as any of the players when you're rough. <laughs> you're out there. I, I will say there's some times when I'm the, the sole referee having to manage the whole ice rink that I'll, I will uh, I'll look for a quick whistle somewhere so I can catch a breath. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. Um, speaking of young kids, Jerry, for just a second, but uh, – you know, you're in this industry and I'm sure it's a path you might not have chosen to be in, but maybe you did. But what would you give your sort of 17 year old self? What would you tell people to go into after all the experiences you've had now? Well, this is an amazing career. And I think a lot of times people think about like tourism and hospitality and they only imagine like it's the front desk clerk at a hotel or it's, you know, washing dishes or, or serving dishes. And those are, are, are quality employments. I'm not, I'm not trying to put them down in any way. Those are, those are jobs with honor, but there are so much, like if you're in finance, like there's director of finances and, and CFOs who are, are, you know, making outstanding livings uh, in the hospitality industry. There's event management and show managers and, and lawyers and, and all different types of uh, 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 disciplines within the realm. I mean, we, we have seven different departments within Visit Detroit between sales and marketing and finance and event services. Uh, so there's all different types of uh, career opportunities. And what I love about it the most is that it's very different all the time. 
You know, sometimes I'm managing with conventions. Sometimes it's sporting events. Sometimes it's theater events. It can be government uh, uh, meetings. You know, I was blessed when I was in Pittsburgh. We hosted the G20 Summit where all the world leaders were there. And to be a part of such an amazing, momentous event, it was it was life changing. And uh, and so these are you're, you're part of history with these things. And and you have a real say. And and you you manage challenges because, you know, we always say the next perfect show will be the first one. Always things go wrong. You always have to react and adapt. And if you take on that mindset that we're going to fix it no matter what, you know, you pretty much things go your way. Yeah, I grew up in a restaurant and every night was a different night because you can never predict one night from the next how things and crowd flow is and food and all those things are all sort of big variables. But that's what actually made it more exciting working in a restaurant, too, is you never had the same night twice. No doubt. Um, So your last question, pretty simple one, but maybe a hard one. What do you like best about living in Michigan? Oh, I pure (laughs) the pure blue water. Um, the excitement of things, you know, uh, I, we, our primary residence is in Northville, but we have an apartment in downtown Detroit where I'm actually talking to you from today. And I, I love the juxtaposition that there's so many different things going on. We have attractions, we have sports, we have theater, we have everything and it's, and it's commutable. Um, you know, uh, I grew up in New York city and, and when I visit, go home, if I want to, my mom lives one mile closer to Yankee Stadium than I live uh, from Comerica Park. And to in order to get there, um, like I could leave the house and in 25 minutes I can be downtown. It would take two hours to get to Yankee Stadium for a one mile closer. I mean, we have a, an amazing quality of life here. And frankly, I also feel that that the uh, the laws here in Michigan of inclusion and and protection of everybody to be their authentic self makes us a great place to live. And again, as a transplant, I'm not an original Michigander, but I have adopted this city, this region, this state as my home. This is where my family lives, where my now adult children live and love it. And uh, I'm just I'm so proud to be here. Well, we're glad you're in the position you're at and you definitely have enough enthusiasm and I know you're going to have a lot of big things on your plate coming up, but uh, keep up the great work, Claude. And thanks again for making Detroit and Metro Detroit and putting us on the map. Ed, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. Join us next week where our guest will be Jeff Lambert. He's the chairman of Lambert, and he's got some interesting new projects he's getting involved with. The Michigan Opportunity is brought to you by the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Join us and make your mark where it matters. Visit michiganbusiness.org forward slash radio to put your plans in motion.